Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. And we are thrilled. I am thrilled. I am so thrilled um, <laughs> to launch a new segment. I'm sure it's a surprise to no one who's seen the title. But uh, the Last of Us show has premiered on HBO Max, not currently a sponsor, but if you know me, you know I'm a huge fan. Yes. A huge fan is an understatement. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, this is, you just go ahead and say you are an expert of The Last of Us. <laughs> that's <laughs> Thank that's you. it. Point blank. Yes. Yes. And originally, uh, we were going to just make this kind of like my check-in on how we we are enjoying it or or what we're loving about it or not loving about it uh, as a happy hour. And we recorded an original intro for that. But Samantha, who is the best, most supportive co-host, was like, I think you should, <laughs> we should do a reaction to every episode and it should be its own thing. And you didn't have to twist my arm. Right. So. <laughs> like, and you'll hear in the, in the pre-recorded uh, mm -hmm. intro where we talk about the fact that, yes, I think we need to do a recap. We need to have a yes. conversation. It is riddled with amazing feminist and uh, women characters mm -hmm. and femme characters that I think we should talk about anyway. Yes. It's a mistake that HBO iHeart did not ask Annie to be a part of the podcast to begin with. So yes. we're going to correct that course and do it ourselves. That's what I said. Yes. And I am so happy. I like... <laughs> Just even doing this re-record, I'm getting excited of the intro, of the intro, everyone. That's the level we're talking about. And we are going to talk about that more. I also wanted to clarify, there are going to be spoilers for the episodes we're talking about, but they're always going to come out, obviously, after the episode has aired. I'm Samantha's doing a very good job of reining me in, so I don't spoil the entire show. As a team, we've got this. Yes, yes, because Christina, super producer Christina is watching it, and I don't want to ruin it for her. I don't want to ruin it for people who have miraculously 
uh, in one way or another avoided the spoilers of this very show where I've talked about this game <laughs> and these games so, so many times. There will be spoilers for the episode we are talking about, which will be labeled, and and ominous hints, I'll say. I, there are some mm, hints at what's to come, but I also think, like, basically those hints are it's grim. Like, it's an apocalypse it's a, show. <laughs> and the creators are the creators of Chernobyl. And if you know anything about that, it was tragic and sad and, and all. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So that's about where we are. We just want to clarify <laughs> clarify that. I'm so excited to do this. And I hope a bunch of you listeners join us along the ride. And I hope that uh, you are enjoying it, will enjoy it. But yeah, so there will be nine of these episodes. They're going to come out on Saturdays so that you can easily search for them. And they're kind of their own thing. And for a couple, as long as the show is airing, which is nine episodes, I believe the season finale is, um, well... I'm assuming season finale, not series finale, but that is March 12th. Uh, and so during that time, some of my happy hours will be replaced with classics. We're just doing a little a little schedule switch. Yeah, yeah. And we might switch out the name of our Sex in the City segments, which also we should have separated into its own thing and HBO should have paid us more, but whatever. Uh, agreed. <laughs> agreed. Agreed. Uh, they might be called Throwback Thursdays, but it's the same thing. And the happy hour will be back, everybody. This is it's yes. a temporary thing, but we had to take the opportunity <laughs> and yeah. run with it. <laughs> and we're gonna. Yes. So, uh, all that being said, you might hear some things that are very reminiscent of our happy hour segments because that's what it was originally. Uh, but yeah, let us get into it. So, what are you sipping on, Samantha? Um, <laughs> confession time. Both of us were talking about the fact that last night was not a good night when it comes to being rested. Yeah. Uh, don't know if it was just an antsy night or things were happening or maybe we're just excited about life. Mm -hmm. uh, whatever, whatnot. So, I did not get a lot of sleep uh, and we have a pretty long day of recording as we do. Again, behind the curtains, we do this in chunks. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm keeping it with my caffeinated black tea. Yes, I am. And that's how we're leaving it. Thank you, Trader Joe's not a sponsor, uh, for making this winter wake-up mm. tea, which is mm -hmm. kind of chai-ish, I think, flavor. Mm -hmm. So yes, I'm keeping with the spicy warm tea. It is cold and dreary and rainy yeah. right now, so it just felt fitting. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, another peek behind the curtains is last week we had some pretty severe weather. I know a lot of people did, and mm -hmm. uh, we hope that you're all okay. Um, but we were actually recording a different happy hour that was not about The Last of Us, and we had to stop because I thought I heard a <laughs> tornado <laughs> outside my window. Yes. Uh, and I had made a dark and stormy because of the weather, and so I have made another very modified, not really a dark and stormy, but the closest I can make it with the ingredients that I have. Um <laughs> Which I think is very fitting for both the weather and The Last of Us because, as we've talked about, I'm fascinated by this. I feel like whiskey is the, like, I'm traumatized, anti-hero go-to drink. Mm -hmm. They always go for whiskey. And Joel, who is the main character of the first Last of Us, is no exception, and we saw him drink quite a lot of whiskey. Right. <laughs> the only exceptions to that would be if they're, like, Russian Vodka oh, yeah, you're right. is the bad guy drink. Uh -huh. And then um, I feel like Asian people have a different... It's not whiskey. It's different. Something like the bad guys. They typically don't drink. And now I'm thinking mm. about it. I'm thinking about all the K-dramas. They don't drink. They, like, they're supposed to be really disciplined unless they're like a psychopath. 
bad guy, <laughs> yeah. then, then they may. Mm-hmm. Which is hilarious because that's K-drama, K-actions. They're very extreme. <laughs> that's yes. what I'm thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There, there is some variation. And like, if we ever get out of the... Also, drink responsibly if you choose to do so. Um, yes. If we ever get out of Terminus, the fiction, the ongoing monthly fiction that we're reading, my other, like, very close to my heart story I wrote, uh, she has, I wanted to make it purposefully, like, not one of those classic drinks. Yeah. Uh, so she, her name is Jen, and she drinks gin, and people always make fun of her because she drinks gin, and her name is Jen, and she's not somebody who likes being made fun of. Um, <laughs> but I like to mix it it's up. a little on the nose. Okay, I like it. <laughs> I thought it was a fun little, little twist, little take on <laughs> sure, that. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> I like it. Yes. So I don't think it's any surprise to anyone. I was so, so excited about The Last of Us. Again, I cannot emphasize enough they are not a sponsor. <laughs> yes. Um, and she's very upset about this, by the way. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I just think it's a missed opportunity. <laughs> it really is. Like, they just don't understand mm-hmm. how many times. I, okay, I need to put my caveat here. A, I have the reason I know... S- as much as I do, I still like I've blacked out, blanked out on so many things because this, this is a whole traumatic uh, yeah. journey. Mm-hmm. Just an FYI, if you are not ready for a traumatic journey, mm-hmm. this might not be the show for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's appropriate that the creators of Chernobyl is the one that's creating mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. Just so you know. Um, but I was introduced to this game because Annie started playing it, having arguments with people about why it's the best. There's a lot of controversy. And then she was adamant that when we were uh, co- we were in quarantine, and you know, if you've been listening for a while, you know that Annie pretty much lived with me <laughs> on the weekends yeah. during quarantine because we did not associate with anybody, and then we just stayed in house. At one point in time, we went, all went to the beach together because we we're like, "Yes, let's go do this." Annie brought her giant PlayStation and was like, "Gotten my partner, who is an avid gamer as well, was like, play this because she just wanted to watch." what was happening. And she'd already played it how many times at this point? I'm embarrassed to say. <laughs> a come lot. On, come on, Annie. A lot. Truth. Truth. Okay. So, <laughs> because, but she wanted that perspective. Yeah. And with that, they, it was like watching a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and they went through not only Last of Us, but mm-hmm. Last of Us 2. And, and the DLC. Thing. Yeah. And the DLC, which Left I behind. just relearned <laughs> mm-hmm. again. But it was such a thing that not only did they do this, Annie went back home and then got all her friends to watch. And they yes. are now all caught up in this moment. Like, the the excitement has been building. When I tell you Annie was so excited, I got texts the day before. I think I got a text the week before. The next day, the next day, the next day, the next day, the day before. Super excited the day she came in. We watched it together. Mm-hmm. She was so excited. All she could do was sit straight back on the edge of her seat talking about what she expected. <laughs> yes. Was, was breathless in trying to explain how excited she is. Mm-hmm. Sending me all these te- random, out of nowhere texts about what she just read yes. about the series. Like, th- when I tell you it's a missed opportunity that Annie did not get some kind of sponsorship deal. <laughs> it's a missed opportunity. But maybe yes. they did it on purpose because they know you love it so much, you'll do it anyway. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> they got me pegged. 
Oh, yeah. It was... I was... I, I felt like I could have floated away. <laughs> I was it so excited. It looked like you were about to. Yes. Just watching you literally space out. And I knew mm-hmm. what was floating through your head. I knew what was happening. Mm-hmm. But you kind of looked like your head would kind of float. Mm-hmm. And then your body was floating on the edge of the seat. Like you were yes. pushing forward. And nothing was happening. It was like five hours before the show was happening. <laughs> we were just sitting. <laughs> yes. Well... I because the reviews had come in and a lot of you listeners actually contacted me about it and thank you and sent me articles about it because video games don't have a great history of being adapted like they're kind of mm-hmm. notoriously not good <laughs> right. when they're adapted to TV or movies and um this is so close to my heart that when like the reviews started coming in they were so good it, it's like it was it unleash something in me that I'd been trying to keep tame where I was like I don't know that I can be excited about this because they're usually bad and then what will I do because I've talked about how much I love it and how good it is and then that happened and then everyone else was getting excited and it, it's like I think a week before something unleashed in me <laughs> yeah it, that's what I'm saying the, the week before is when all of the messages started coming we would have every now and then talking about it mm-hmm. and then the reviews are coming in and all of them were just glowing and you were having every minute we saw some trailers and the trailers were so on point with the game you were mm-hmm. freaking out and I loved it. And I want to say this, even though it is all joking from my end, it is contagious. Well, Annie was so excited. It makes other people really excited. Like, this, yeah. this is one of those things when I'm like, man, I wish I had a hobby or excited about something. <laughs> because that's an incredible feeling. <laughs> like, I love seeing you do this. And it is. It's a joy to be around. Yeah. Even though the actual story is quite traumatic. And I, I think... I'm really glad I know what's going to happen. Yeah. I'm really glad I know the whole story because I don't think I could handle the show <laughs> <laughs> if I wasn't already prepared. Um, yeah. All of that to say is like, yeah, I know you're super excited and I know you sometimes get embarrassed because mm-hmm. you get so super excited, but you shouldn't because I think it's such an amazing thing that you love something mm-hmm. in that depth of feeling that you feel such a personal connection is beautiful when something is created uh, like that I'm mm-hmm. sure that that's what the writers and creators want is to for you to feel that depth of course if it controls your life that's a whole different conversation right but yeah what you are doing and what I see you doing is exciting and is contagious and that's why you got probably 150,000 messages. <laughs> It, it made me panic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm really glad to hear you say that because I, I do get self-conscious about it. Um, and I actually one of the friends who hung out with us, Marissa, who's been on the show and who is a great friend of ours and listens and thank you. We appreciate you. The next day I texted her and I was like, I'm so sorry. Cause she was sitting next to me. I was like, I'm so sorry. I was trying to like control my excitement, but I know I was like a lot. I was getting so like, because I kept like grabbing her arm and be like, oh, is that? And she was like, are you kidding? Like, let it fly. <laughs> yeah. I think you found the best person to do that with because she mm-hmm. was on that level too. Yeah. Like she's not on that level of excitement of the show, but the, on that level of connecting with you, connecting mm-hmm. with the show. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I was thinking about this too because... I am somebody who I love watching TV shows with friends. I love sharing entertainment with friends. And that's like my love language. Um, 
But I have sort of built myself into a trap with this one because everyone knows I love The Last of Us. And so everyone... And I was like, yeah, go cry me a river. You have friends, I know. Um, but everyone was like, why did you not watch it with me? Why can't we watch it together? I want to be the first time you see it. And I'm like, I cannot have 50 people in a viewing party for The Last of Us. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Because I actually, like, I like a small group. This is the thing that's really important to me. I want everybody to watch it. I'll watch it with you again. I'll be there. But I can't be everywhere at once. <laughs> this is where I get to brag. Yeah. I had to be there. <laughs> yeah, well, you did. You were very kind and supported me and my love of it. And you did watch, because the game is like 15 hours long. The first one's intense. 15 hours. <laughs> I, I will say, I think um, I've forgotten quite a bit of it, because part of the game was so long, I just fell asleep in the middle of some of it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, you're in for a good time. Uh, <laughs> and I do, so we're, like we said, we're probably going to do a couple of these um, and if you're listening to this and you're like, uh, this doesn't feel very feminist, I promise I have I have thoughts about things that relate to feminism. Um, we've also done several episodes in the past about The Last of Us, The Last of Us 2, survival horror. And in fact, old hosts of the show, Kristen and Caroline, they knew I was a gamer and they asked me once, like, who is a character in video games who was a woman or a girl? Um who you think is like really innovative or connected with a lot of people. And I said, Ellie, it's Ellie. And that the game came out in 2013 and she felt very new then. Um, and, uh, wow, it's 10 years old. Yeah. I didn't, I don't think I knew that. Yes. It came out in 2013. It's so new to me. <laughs> yes. And if you noticed in the show, I promise I'm going to try not to do this so much, but in the show, they, they said it, uh, the kind of, like setting of the scene when all the sad stuff in the beginning happens, when the outbreak happens. It's in 20, it's in 2003. And I think that's so that the show is set like currently in our modern year. Uh, but they did shift the date because in the original game, the outbreak day is 2013. So they pushed it back by 10 years. These are all the facts I was trying to hold in while we were watching it. <laughs> no, but this is what you need to share. So you need, I don't know why you just said, I won't do too many of these. You need to do more of these because this is what you do. What are you talking about? Come yes. on. So let's get into this. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Shh. Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. 
Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So, you know, if you don't, for however you've avoided it and you don't know, uh, The Last of Us is a PlayStation game that came out in 2013. It is one of the most highly rewarded games of all time. It is pretty much like a movie. And when it came out, it was a lot of the most popular games were open world games. Um, so those are games where you can like do whatever you want. Uh, you can go explore and you can make choices with your character that affect the ending or affect what happens. The Last of Us is very much like a movie. You do make choices as a character, but they're not going to change the story as a whole. It's not going to change the ending. And that was one of the biggest critiques of it. Like, most people loved it. It was highly praised, but most people who tell me they didn't like it is because it's like a movie and they can't change the ending even though they want to. But (laughs) it was really interesting reading that... um, And I swear I don't normally do this. I bet it sounds so unbelievable. But I actually don't normally read a bunch of like interviews and stuff because it makes me nervous. (laughs) But the interviews of how they adapted this and the process of how they did it were fascinating because the creator said like the reason I did that was Joel wouldn't do that. Joel wouldn't. That's like not his story. And he's the character and this is how it plays out. And that's kind of... A lot of reviews had said that's like the definition of the tragedy is you can't stop it. It's like you see it unfolding and it's too bad. (laughs) But it is so much like a movie already that when I was watching it last night, I've watched it like six times already. I watched it this morning. (laughs) Um, It's... It's already there, like in the game, and so much of it is, oh, this is exactly like the game, and I never want anything to be beholden to to something like that, because they're different mediums, um, the game and, and the, the movie, and in fact, the creator stepped away from the movie, the, the show, because it is different uh, when a person can control the camera and the viewpoint versus like you, the director, picking the shot. But it was like all there, like the imagery. I was like, oh, there's the burning house and there's the guitar. You know, I saw the guitar. Oh, my gosh. Uh- <laughs> so that's a significance. Yes. You might not know it yet. Yes, it Pay is. Pay attention to the guitar. Well, they already introduced stuff from the second one, which, you know, who knows if they'll ever make the sequel. But 
There was the there's the guitar. There's a bunch of little things they did. I was like, ooh, okay, okay. Uh, but it's a base. Yeah, it's basically like um, a zombie outbreak. It's very frightening. Like the setting setting up scene they had with the two scientists in the '60s who were like, actually, we should really be afraid of this fungal thing. What if the temperature goes up and then they can take us over? Ooh, it gave me chills. It gave me chills. <laughs> and there's already all these like theories I love. Like you have sent me some, your partner sent me some about like where did it start? How did it come from? And oh, super exciting. But basically, zombie outbreak, not good. Billions of people. Um, and the opening scene is where you meet Joel and his daughter Sarah, and it's his birthday. And everything, everything goes so, so wrong. <laughs> And um, as you texted me uh, in some of these random texts we'd exchange with each other, Nico Parker, who plays Sarah, um, it looks exactly like Thandie Newton, her mom. And she was definitely like the breakout, like so many people were praising her and they, they should have been. She did an amazing job. She did. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and that, I loved... One of the things that is tricky about adapting a video game is a lot of times there's a pressure to do the shots. Like Doom is sort of an infamous example where all of a sudden there's like a first-person shooter shot that doesn't work, the whole thing. But that part where Tommy and Joel and Sarah are driving away and you're seeing all these signs of like the world is ending, these planes are crashing, this house is on fire, there are zombies. That shot the way it is in the game where it's sort of like you're looking out the windshield. And I just thought it was so effective. It looked so cool, but it was also kind of... Like, you could never tell what would be around the corner with that shot. Oh, I loved it. Oh, my gosh, I'm getting so excited. Uh, <laughs> I did already, like, plot out where I think every episode's going to go, and every episode has a tragedy in it, just so you know. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. It's not... It's a very sad tale, and... I'm going to talk about this more at the end, but I'm very interested and excited to see how people feel about the ending of it. So, there are a couple of things I wanted to bring out. One of them is, okay, first of all, the clickers who you only hear at the end. The clickers are very creepy zombies, everybody. Um, I can't wait. But they're voiced by the same actors they used yeah. in the game. Yeah, and I heard a couple of them actually may couple of the clickers may be them, like the in Yes, costume. yes, I think so. <laughs> I think so. Uh, oh, for anyone who's listening and you're like, what are you talking about? I cannot wait for you. Um, but the character Marlene, who is coming up on fictional women around the world, is one of my favorite characters and is played by the original voice actor Merle Dandridge. Amazing. Looks just like her. So good. Um, she She's the leader of the Fireflies. There were a couple of times during the show where I was like, I wonder what it's like if you go into this and you have no idea what they're talking about. But the Fireflies are kind of like fighting against the government entities that run the quarantine zones, and they're trying to find some way to get back to the world that it was, some way to get back to democracy, all of those things. So like when in they're the darkness. the militia. Yes. Like outskirted militia. Right. Of the movement. Yes. Um, so, they, yeah, they're saying is look for the light. And throughout that episode, you see instances of skirmishes with the military entity, which is FEDRA. And FEDRA controls, like, the quarantine zones. They control your uh, education. Uh, they control your food. They control your jobs. That whole thing. 
Um, so she's the leader of the Fireflies in Boston. And uh, this is something I've found really interesting in late media. Uh, Andor was a good example as well, the new Star Wars show. She's the leader of this thing. And it's clear she has a lot of really tough decisions. So she, at one point she says, rebellions take time. And another point she says, Tommy is just one man, implying like we have to sacrifice him or we have to put our you know, resources where we can. Um, and then at the end of the episode, she makes this deal with Joel, who they don't have a good relationship. Joel is kind of a smuggler, traumatized by what happened in the beginning to his daughter. Just like a real shut-off individual. Uh, and Tess, who we'll be talking about in a second, to transport Ellie, uh, this young 14-year-old girl, across the country. And it, that moment was so tough when you know how it ends because she's like, please don't f*** it up. I'm trusting you. And you're like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Everybody's going to get a little anxious. Oh, pull back, Annie. Pull back. You're getting <laughs> Sorry. too far. You're getting Sorry. too far ahead. <laughs> but it was, it was just like every time I'm like, oh, oof. What a, yeah. yeah. But I, I don't know. I think we should come back and talk about that because I feel like we've seen a lot of instances of these women characters who are the leaders I think you could even make the argument Leia in some ways, but are like making these really tough decisions. And then a lot of the like men in their life are kind of like getting angry with them or right. judging them or like you're being cold or whatever it is, which is not like it's a, this whole story. I'm just going to tell you because the reviews kept cracking me up. This whole story is complicated. There's no like one instance where you're like, oh, that was the complete right choice. There just isn't. And it's like, right. a lot of it's complicated and nuanced and not pretty. It doesn't, it's not happy. <laughs> she said. Right. So maybe we should go ahead and tell you, and I think we talked about this before. You talked about, about this before, definitely, when we were talking about the actual game. This game makes you uh, choose lesser evils. Yeah. Um, and in that, many people hated this game because of that. Mm -hmm. What most people want is a hero and a villain. And yeah. this does not really have that. You do have villains, but you don't really have heroes. That's not really a thing, I don't, yeah. I don't think. So, you know, the conversation of anti-heroes, and we've talked about that before, um, really does apply for this show. Of course, we're anticipating some changes and what people are going to do with characters and what people are going to do just because they love the actors who yeah, are portraying truth. these characters. So that's that's a bias in itself. I think that's going to be interesting to see, especially people's reaction. Yeah. Because a good show draws you in with that character. Yeah. And then those biases can make or break how you feel about the show. Uh, and I think that's going to be interesting to know. So... For sure, The Last of Us is one of those. And in the game, because it's a little different as a person who's never played it yeah. versus the person who has. Yeah. Because you are actually in their shoes. You mm -hmm. are making these decisions instead of watching someone else make a decision and feeling removed from it. Yeah, and that's one of the things I'm very curious about, especially if they do the second one, because it does force you to, even if you don't want to, connect with this person that you're controlling. And, and that's one of the beauty, I think, of video games, a good video game, is you just get pulled in and you're like, oh, I didn't, like maybe your mind will change or, or whatever and you'll 
you'll feel something for them even if they're bad and even if you don't agree with them. Like, and, and it, yeah, again, like good and bad are so like simplistic terms in, in this conversation. And that was something that I kept coming across in reviews because most of the reviews I read, they'd never played the game, which I loved. I loved how they described it as like being repeatedly punched in the heart. I'm like, yep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but they would say like, you know, one, is this what's happening? And we didn't know these kind of stories were being told in video games. And yes, they are. Um, but two, like there's no easy answers. Um, and they they were curious how audiences were going to react to that. And I, I am also mm-hmm. curious. I do want to mention Tess real quickly because Tess in the game, she's like the partner of Joel. I feel like they gave her more of a leadership role in the show than she has in the game. Or at least from what you see, because she says like, he answers to me about Joel. So I'm curious, I'm curious about that. But she's also pretty hardened, like seeing some shit. But she's the rational one. This is the thing about the game, and I was going to come back to. Both she and Marlene are the Mm -hmm. rational ones. They have to pick and choose, so they set aside what they want or what they're afraid of or if they're angry or not, and then go to, okay, this is the most feasible way to do this without people getting hurt. Let's do it this way. Just talk to me. I got you. Because, spoiler, and uh, again— at the very beginning, we see all the people who have dealt with Joe at this time and point know that he's a violent, mm-hmm. angry man who has outbursts. Yes. And so you have her controlling that. And then Marlene is controlling all of the fireflies um, and even Ellie when we mm-hmm. meet Ellie because Ellie is ready to, like, punch people and kind of <laughs> leave um, at this point, stab people. We saw that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very different in that route that these two leaders, women leaders— are the ones that's like, put your emotions aside. Right. We have to do what is best for today, for our people, for us. Right. Which I find fascinating because I think they're judged more harshly. And this actually brings us to my next point. And I'm going to try not to like spoil it too much, but I have like talked about this before in the show because I've, in my opinion, the ending of the first game, the way it's shot the character you're playing at that moment, because you don't play Joel the whole time, um, to me suggest that we need to question the morality or what, what just happened. I don't think the ending is meant to be read as a good thing. That was never the suggestion I got. That was not how I felt like they were communicating it with how they how they shot it and how it ends. But... What happens when fandom, we've talked about this before a lot with Star Wars, we've talked about this a lot, what happens when fandom doesn't read it the way I personally think it was intended? And you can get into really murky grounds with that because, you know, we all bring our own experiences and interpretations to art. We all do. But I feel like it says a lot about how people interacted with that ending. And I think that's, I'm really, really, really curious um, how that's going to play out in the show. I have my uh, opinion and I told you what it is. And we're going to check back in at the end and see if I was right. Um, But like what happens when, when you present something in this one way and like your message was, this isn't a good thing and people take away, no, it was. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. And I think that says a lot about our society. And it does go back to how we judge. 
I think, how we judge men and women. And like even going back to like the whole conversation we had about toxic masculinity and the Mandalorian, which by the way, the new trailer came out today, which I know they did on purpose. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like being praised for being violent in protection of an innocent, especially right. like a, a young girl or a woman, uh, as you know, like this masculine thing that we should get behind. Whereas in the second one, that was not the reaction at all when it was women. So that's just something I'm I'm sitting on. I'm thinking about it. I'm very curious about how they're going to do it, especially because they said they tried to make Joel nicer <laughs> in, the, right. in the show as opposed to the game. We'll see how that plays out. Um, you, you know I also want to come back and I want to talk about my sad murder dad trope. Um, but that whole, yeah, like justifying these men's reactions versus women's. Um, so he's Joel's kind of, yeah, this more like combative, emotional one where Marlene and Tess are trying to keep things running. Also, I want to come back and talk about this whole daddy's a state of mind thing, which Pedro Pascal, who did an amazing job, uh, so did Bella Ramsey. I, I I think I like already know the answer, but we need to revisit like this this attraction women have for that. <laughs> Daddies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I also think that there's something happening here, which I kind of jokingly call the Han Solo syndrome, which is when a character is supposed to be like, I don't know, like, we're not supposed to think this guy is like the best guy, but then everybody loves that guy. And they're like, oh, and then let me go rewrite the story of how Greedo shot first a million times. So he's like a better guy. Um, <laughs> this, I, I don't know if they're going to do that or not. But when I read that they were making him nicer, I was kind of like, huh, okay. We'll see. I don't know. Because the first episode, I was like, nicer. <laughs> yeah, you said that. <laughs> like, the reactions he had were more violent than it was even in the game. Yeah. I mean, some of that is, like, I'm not a super violent player, and some people are. And that's another issue, is because I was thinking about this, where the ending, I, I do believe, was meant to be, at the very least, ambiguous but you're still kind of playing this violent character who you are connecting to because you're playing him. But for me, I'm not that kind of like super violent player, but some people are. And so I don't know, maybe the nicer part is just like <laughs> for a certain type of play. We'll see. <laughs> but yeah, I think like it's such a well-written story. There are certainly problematic aspects of it, but it's such a like well-written story. And so many of the reviews I kept seeing were like, you know, this is like a story about humanity and connection in a time where it's the survival is like your whole thing and how does that look and how can we as humans survive in this um and so th there are happy moments i know i've been painting it a very bleak <laughs> very bleak thing right now i mean it's a zombie apocalypse so yeah you're going to get bleak. Yeah. Like, I don't know why you're trying to add, like, there's definitely going to be a party in here. There's not. No, but there are some, like, brief shining <laughs> moments of joy. There are. <laughs> I'm looking forward to, they're, they're expanding on some stories, especially queer stories that I'm excited to see in the show. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the characters are so well written and that, you know, the, the fears I read in the reviews, I don't think are unfounded because it is not a fun show. It's not an easy ending. But I think that's like a sign of like a well-written story and characters. And uh, I mean, I also like a very like straightforward, <laughs> I don't have to cry and everything. 
uh, episode. But like, you know what I mean? I, I think it, they did it very well. I'm very, very excited. It looked beautiful. It was beautifully acted, beautifully written. And it felt like a... It, it, it was It was like the game, but in a way that didn't feel like they were doing too much fan service, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. So um, I agree with you. I think it definitely sets up really well. Um, mm-hmm. They did a great job in beginning it. There's a lot of differences. We know that the spread of the virus is different in the game yep. than is in the, that is in the show. And some people have already picked that apart. Yeah. As a bystander, I'm like, why? Just, it's a disease. It's going to happen. <laughs> Calm down. Um, but yeah. on the other note, there was some theories mm-hmm. about Flower. Have you I know. One? Yes. yes. So if you're watching, look for the details about how and who gets infected and yep. like what's being denied mm-hmm. and hint. Mm-hmm. Um, I found that interesting as well. But and they found like when we first were talking about the series happening, mm-hmm. you were so cautious. Yeah. Um, and you stayed very cynical to that. You're like, 
bad adaptation, adaptations have happened. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of controversies around this game. I'm not going to get excited. I'm not yeah. going to get excited. She did get excited. So <laughs> we're just going to put that at the end. Um, but uh-huh. we were guessing about who's going to play these characters. And we even like did a whole setup of like who should play these characters. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to lie. Pedro Pascal was not on my list. Bella Ramsey was not on my list. Uh, but then when you come back, and you're like, oh, wow. They yeah. did an amazing job. Um, both of them have done a great job in portraying this character. Even the brother who plays Tommy. Yes. They don't look anything alike. But they sound and act exactly. I know. This is acting. Yeah. But you also know when you have a picture in their mind and it doesn't fit. Yeah. It kind of shatters shatters the dream and, and, and the fantasy of it. But it didn't. Uh, mm-hmm. They did such a good job. Even with the daughter, uh, Nico Parker. She is an a English actress or I think she's English. I know her mother's English, so I'm, mm-hmm. trying, to, I'm trying to imagine that that's the case. Mm-hmm. Kent comes in, and, like, she is not what we saw in the game, but she did phenomenal, and it yeah. didn't shatter that fantasy at all. She was Pedro Pascal's daughter, Sarah, yeah. who had suffered this tragedy. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that the difference in this game, they did a more—and in the game, they do see it from her certain point of view, but they mm-hmm. lengthened her story even bigger. Yeah. It was gorgeous to see. Like, it was gorgeous, but it was still on point mm-hmm. with the game, so it didn't shatter anybody who had played the game from their idea of what this should be. So I think that was a brilliant beginning Yeah, in that note. Yeah, and they did really well with her, because you learn more about Sarah very, very slowly. But you do learn more about Sarah through the game. Uh, and she was very smart, and she, like, loved museums and all that stuff. So I, they put, like, all of those little cues of her. The shirt was on point. The shirt was on point. Yeah, that was one of the first things I was like, the shirt! Uh, <laughs> and you, I, in the game, she's wearing this shirt. Yes. So they oh, sorry. made sure to replicate that. <laughs> yes. Did a phenomenal job. You're just getting excited. At I this know. Point. <laughs> I know. We've been going and going, too. Well, that was, like, I'll close on this note. Like, I... I hope that it continues to be this way. Uh, but I, w- one of the reasons I was worried was because we know game the gaming world is full of toxicity. Uh, and The Last of Us 2 it was shocking um, how much toxicity. The first one I, I've made the point before and I think is... Uh, I would argue is true is because you're playing a male character who's protecting a young girl that didn't come out as much. Um, but like Bella Ramsey has talked about getting like all these haters after after they were cast. Um, and so far, I was expecting review bombing, even though the first one is still well liked. So far, that hasn't happened, but I'm like still a little a little <laughs> nervous, especially I think episode three. And some of you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) I think that's where we might see some things um, uh, in terms of like review bombing. But I just, I've been happy that that hasn't happened yet. But I hate that that's like even a thing where I was like, I'm I'm afraid to get excited about this thing that I love because of these bad actors in this space. Right. And yeah, again, we talked about uh, that level. And and you're not the only one, but the different... uh, content creators, not even anybody involved in the game who said they liked this game, yep. got hated on. Like, it, it was, yeah. in, in, like, incredible, the level of vitriol that came out of a character or a change in character, uh, changing perspective. Mm-hmm. Naughty Dog knew what they were doing. 
yes. and kind of trolling those who already were like trying to hate this game. They sure did. <laughs> they sure did. <laughs> well, oh my gosh, I am so excited now. I cannot wait for the next one. Um, and we'll be doing more of these. Uh, hopefully you enjoy it, uh, whether you watch it or not. Because I know some of you have written in and said, I've never played the game, but I love talking about it. And that makes me really happy. <laughs> right. um, so, yes, look for more of these. I promise 100% we are not currently sponsored by them. <laughs> but, Yet. Yeah, I mean, come on, come on. Because <laughs> I think in the next one, I'm going to have a lot more to say about Ellie. Uh, because we didn't yeah. get too much of Ellie in this one. No. We get a slight introduction, her mm-hmm. attitude, her mm-hmm. knife skills, and that Cursing. she's infected, but not infected. Mm-hmm. Although there is a big theory about that. But that's for a later Ooh. date. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Samantha. This was your idea, and you didn't really have to twist my it. arm. <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm into it. Uh, and listeners, I would love to hear what you think. Um, if you have any thoughts, please let us know. You can email us at stephanieandmomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram or TikTok. Oh, and if this video is on TikTok, we did not put on any makeup, so... Mm. Oh, well. Uh, (laughs) Stuff mom never told you. (laughs) And thanks as always to our super producer, Christina. Sorry for the spoilers, Christina. We love you. Yes, but please watch it, Christina, if you haven't already. Um, (laughs) And thanks to you for listening. Stuff mom never told you is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.